He's never fought us. Not us united. So my origin story, and by the way, hello, I'm here with Nick. I can't make the podcast tomorrow, which is where we were going to give our origins. So I figured I'll have Nick on. Then I'll just give my my origin here so we can play it for all you nice people hello, on the Phoenix Press channel. Hello, hello, Phoenix Press people. This is Nick from uh, from the previous night. I, I hope the world isn't destroyed. And um, hi, future Nick. I love you. You got cute hair. <laughs> So my origin, all right, so it's, it's the origin of, of my time on YouTube, right? Or is it just my origin in general? Uh, origin of, like, Comics League and, you know, that kind of stuff. All right, all right, yeah. So I've always really been a comic book, well, a superhero fan. Like, from the very beginning, from the very early ages, ever since my dad showed In fact, actually, earliest, th this is going to really date me, but well, what the hell. I used, to, You know what I really used to play with back in the day, if you remember these? Have you ever played with Rescue Heroes? I never played with those, but I have heard of them. Yes, that that was like my thing when I was very young. That that and Transformers were my two like really geek things that I really just went right into. This is how you know that basically older than you, where like Rescue Heroes were kind of like after my time. <laughs> oh, did I ever tell you how Lad and I met? We were at a Florida Atlantic football game. We were sitting right next to each other. He was looking at his phone. He had a Bionicle background on his phone. And I go, oh, I've, I, I, I played with Bionicles too. Yeah, Bionicles came out like basically in my high school days. So it was like mm -hmm. I was already past like, you know. Yeah, because, prime you're, demo. because you're old. So that, there you go. I'm old, Gandalf. But, but anyway, so yeah, it was really, I've always been a superhero fan my first like real superhero movie was the christopher reeve superman movie it was that was just that so i i like i liked it i liked it at the time i didn't know what the hell i was watching but it was great and the ang lee hulk movie but the movies that i really saw and really enjoyed i remember seeing the nolan batman movies in theaters they actually scared me because i was young at the time taste of your own medicine doctor you need to lighten up. But anyway, <laughs> but uh, also a significant, like my 11th, uh, when I was 11, some reason that year I spent like a lot of time in the emergency room in the hospital. Some, uh, I don't want to necessarily get into why, but the point is, is that at that point, it got so bad that I almost was not here anymore If you if you catch my drift. So... What happened was, I remember vividly, vividly, I'm sitting there, and then right in front of me is like this DVD player that, the, that they have for all the patients, uh, and the TV, and in the sleeve, right in front of me, was a DVD of Justice League Unlimited. It was the episode with the Amazo Android Returns, and we are going to cover that on the rewatch episode. So... I, I, I don't know, because that was the episode where, like, every Justice Leaguer showed up to fight this Amazo android, and it was just so cool seeing all the different powers and stuff. So that's really what got me really into DC. Then the MCU happened, so I, I got into that. But really, 
I was on and off into comic books because I had just moved to Florida in 2013 and I was taking a comic book drawing class. I still can't draw, but it was just a way to get me out of the house. And th that was when I started actually buying graphic novels because, again, I, I, I didn't really get into buying single issues until, like, this go around. But anyway, back during that, I got a couple of trades from DC. This is around the time Superman and Wonder Woman happened because this was during the new... 52 time period i was really active in new 52 rebirth era and then i kind of fell off it so for whatever reason i had things because i started college at that point and i was like i had other priorities to do so then covid hits and i did not have anything to do so i was like okay i'm gonna start a podcast but i didn't know what i wanted to do on the podcast whatsoever i was like okay so what can i cover by I, I really don't know because the only things I, I know really well is because I was a political science major is politics and maybe pop culture stuff. Didn't want to do politics for obvious reasons. And uh, especially back then. So, it, uh, uh, but I still didn't really know. I thought I might want to do a Halo podcast, but I still wasn't sure. Then. Oh my God. Just the timelines. Yeah. Then the Snyder cut gets announced. And okay, so what happened was I still remember this vividly. I'm going into a dentist appointment. This is before it got announced. I think it was like during the Man of Steel watch th 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 that he did before. And I come out and I'm checking my phone and I I'm going through Facebook. And then all of a sudden I see that that meme from Jurassic Park of Dr. Ian Malcolm going that SOB did it. So I was like, Okay, wh what did he do? And then I see the, the black and white Wonder Woman poster that says uh, Zack Snyder's Justice League, uh, HBO Max 2021. And I was like, wait, what? And then I called Lott immediately and I was like, did you see this? And he's like, it, literally, we were going crazy. And it's kind of funny. Previous to this in 2019, Endgame came out and I walked out and I went... I don't know how DC is going to compete with this. And then the Snyder Cut's announced. And I'm like, oh, that's why. That's how. So anyway, then Lad and I FaceTimed like a couple of days later. It, it took days because he was knee deep in homework and stuff. And I was off for the summer. But um, so we, we FaceTimed and we talked about it. And then all of a sudden just hit me like a light bulb. That's it. Me and him going back and forth doing comic book uh, uh, talking discussions because I just gotten really back into it at that point. Plus, he he's not he's not as well versed into the into this type of stuff as I am, so I figured it'd be like a nice little dynamic there where I tell about a bunch of stuff. So we started under two capes, like I think that month or so. So under two capes used to be just the audio podcast, which was just us getting together once a week, just talking about a random a topic a storyline stuff in fact the first six episodes was me doing character studies on superman batman wonder woman captain america iron man and thor in other words the trinity of marvel as i saw it and the trinity of dc and it was just me on my floor in my game room with my dc encyclopedia my marvel encyclopedia just going through it with, with audio so and by the way interestingly enough nick the first uh, the first episode i like to conclude it with talking about them and other media and the, the the thing i did i had on a buddy to talk about the batman 1989 movie because my first episode was a character design on batman Bat dance. yeah so yeah exactly so then um i started to think so uh, uh because i started watching a lot of podcasts on youtube and i was like 
well, that's a way to add value to people to the to the viewers and and the listeners at the time. And by the way, the Snyder Cut podcast, the Snyder Cut episodes is when it really got traction because that got like the most views ever. Our our, our review of it like blew up. So I was like, okay, this is something. So then I started the podcast, and it was just to give exclusive shows that that weren't the audio show. So in other words, I, I, I before there wasn't really no uh, no video component of under two capes until much later in fact if you look at my very early under two capes episodes it's just the old logo and us talking in the background there's no video or anything like that fancy yeah so then so yeah and then we got a little bit of traction on that which would be about 32 subscribers at that point for like a year because i wasn't doing anything it was just us uploading content we had some hits, like the reaction to the trailer from Masters of the Universe Re- Revelation was the first time we got over 100 views. So we were like, ooh, ooh yeah, baby. And obviously, uh, the, uh, we had um, we actually had video at the point when the Snyder Cut actually came out and we reviewed that. In fact, that's one of the first things I posted on Vero was us going, so lad, you want to tell the people what we're watching? And then I said, the Snyder Cut. And it's us going, yes. I should have like it, uh, have recorded our reactions to the movie and just interspersed it. But anyway, what about your uh, Halo vi- Halo video? That came later. So what happened was, I started doing other shows about other pop cultural things that that uh, interested me. Like I did Orbital Drop Shock, which was my Halo podcast. I did Knights of Mandalore, which is the Star Wars podcast, which I'm thinking of of bringing back. And yeah, so. And, uh, th- and now that I have co- uh, other co-hosts. <laughs> so then L- Lad ha- had to step away because school and t- uh, totally fine. I-, I-, I get that. He's a responsible adult. <laughs> so then uh, he will be coming back because he graduates soon. So he said he definitely plans on coming back and doing content with us. So that's fine. So anyway, so then I I figured, okay, so how do I grow this? Because I really wanted to get out of 32 subscribers for a year. This is uh, getting close to the part where I come in. Yeah, exactly. So I randomly, I decided, you know what? Screw it. I DM'd Wes from Thinking Critical, not expecting him to say yes, because I only had like 32 subscribers. And I asked him, hey, you want to come on the podcast and talk about stuff? I really enjoy your content and would love to talk to you. He goes, I would be honored to come on your show. So we we had the we had the so we recorded the episode. He, he he's in the Philippines, so I had to record. I had to wake up at practically eight a.m. to record with him. So I was like, worth it. So I recorded an episode. Did great. Oh, oh, oh well, went great. So then I upload it, and uh, I, it's set to upload the next Friday, which is about the the next day because it was a Thursday when I recorded. So. I'm getting in the car once. I was out and about when it went uploaded. And I get up and about and it had seven views by the time I got to the car. So I was like, okay, it's 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 gaining momentum faster. Then in 15 minutes, it got over 100 views. And then the weirdest and then the damnedest thing happened. 33 subscribers, 34 subscribers, 35. They, start, they started <laughs> railing in to the point where Lad and I was like, we did it. We got out of 32 subscribers. And then I and then also I figured okay this works so so then I DM uh, Max Priestley my boy if, if you if you're watching the shout out to Max Priestley and I he hasn't asked, appeared you know, on the show in like forever he he appeared on the show like a couple of like I think last week or the week before to talk about masculinity and comic books but oh okay I just wasn't there then yeah I, I'm trying to have him more on there but anyway so he came on and, and that did really well so I figured okay 
collabs. This is how I do it. And then I had Gabe El Taib on. He was the next one. Super great guy to talk to. Super He's a good fun. pal. He's a good pal. So then all of a sudden I get a DM on Twitter by someone saying, hey, can I come on come on your show? To Do you have an opening on the show for me to come on and promote my comic? This is a certain individual that's to the uh, that's to my left, but you're right. So I was like, okay, fine. That, that's cool. I can use this to like promote other, other uh, comics. So I get on, I'm wearing the Snyder cut hoodie that has the emblems on the side, but I still have to get it, get it sewn because there's a hole in it, but it's a small hole. I'll, I'll get it fixed. But anyway, it's well loved. The minute I knew Nick knew what's up is when I got on and he goes, nice hoodie. I, I, by the way, that movie is better than people say it. It's the, the Snyder verse is more popular than people say it is. So I'm like, okay, yes, 100%. This guy's cool. This guy's cool. And uh, speaking from my side, um, basically the thing that kind of sealed our, our, our initial kind of like, hey, you're cool kind of thing is when we did the podcast, it's like, you know how like when you're, kind of talking to someone in, in like in its more professional setting where it just it just clicks yeah we're like the back and forth is just like amazing like I, I think it was like even after that podcast we were both like hey man do you want to collab more like i think we both kind of like because what it was was i was like because i wanted to have more i wanted to do more content collabs so you were the only one that was available so i was like okay and, and then it just it, it we didn't even say do you want to partner up it was just like it just happened to organically happen like that. Yeah, like it's it, it just kind of started out as like, hey, you want to appear on some more stuff I did, and then I just kind of appeared on more and more and more and more and more and more. Yeah, like, uh, uh, eventually he started to become a tumor that just grew out of control. I'm only kidding, but I, the the the, the uh, I wish you had this as a drop, but like the did we just become best friends? I'm gonna get that one. But uh, so let me ask you this on your side: Did you just randomly co co come across? my Twitter and just figure out, screw it. I believe so. Cause, uh, for context, this was, uh, gosh, uh, last year, early last year, I was right. Issue two, oddly enough. And he's going to launch issue three on the channel. Yep. We'll, we'll, yep, we'll be, we'll be getting to that. Um, and, uh, I was just kind of looking for podcasts to come on to promote my book, you know, as you, as you should. And I guess I stumbled across you. I, I can't remember um much about that portion the part that i remember like i do remember complimenting your excellent choice in fashion thank you um and i remember that first uh live stream we just kind of like we had kind of had that good kind of rapport like the back and forth you know um and i'm like hey uh this is kind of a guy that i want to collab with more yeah, th that first live stream was really what solidified it because a lot and I have a, a good back and forth in the show too. And then when I saw that with you, I was like, yeah, this will work. So anyway, so we started doing more, more regular live streams. And previously I wasn't a live stream guy because I didn't have anyone to live stream with. And because I don't want to like, uh, because there's only so much, that's why I rarely do content above like my regular Monday videos and Indie Wednesdays. Uh, you know, that's why I don't do long form content that much by myself, unless I have like a really good script because otherwise yeah, you're not doing talking. three and a half hour streams. Yeah. 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 I'm not doing Snyder cut length streams uh, as fun as that was. <laughs> so anyway, but so that's really what it turned into. And then all of a sudden we get a, so at one point I drop a bit because I'm in a, a bunch of d d discord servers. I drop advertisements for, for like the shows I do. And all of a sudden, 
Someone named Taladia Plays hops on the in the chat and says he has behind the scenes information on uh, Gotham Knights the game. So I asked Nick, you want to set, send him a chat and then he'll co come in. He's like, okay, cool. And uh, by the way, Nick was on the show where I first started using drops. Just wanted to bring you that. Just wanted mm -hmm. to tell you that. But anyway, so he came on. And it was really I think he got the idea for me, I think. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It was like you, Max, because he did on his shows. And I was like, that's all I have to do. Because remember, um, uh, a lot of our early stuff was done using Zoom. I was the one who introduced you to StreamYard. And by the way, the StreamYard, that, that I, I, that, uh, that's back when I had this. I didn't even have like a paid subscription. So for the first few streams, that's why it says powered by StreamYard. Yeah, yeah. And I'm still like that because I'm poor. So Yeah, but anyway... And then, uh, so, and then all of a sudden, it was like we had gr great conversation with Talati. And then I asked Nick, "Hey, you want to bring him in on the streams?" He was like, "Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, that's fine." So then we started our own little, uh, our own little group chat. And it used to be just me, Nick, Nick and Talati talking about stuff. And then we would do live streams and stuff. This is where and we're then this, uh, and then uh, we started to kind of feel some heat kind of yeah so what happened is that this is where like essentially we met tevia and stuff and by the way uh i think previous to actually previous to this back when i had 32 subscribers is when i first collabed with nerdette it took us forever to like coordinate but eventually we had this first discussion with nerdette and i made her laugh the first time because we were talking about like rebooting DC. And I said, well, first off, the first thing I would do if I ran DC is make it so Bendis has never touched Superman. And I made her, I made the entire panel laugh. And I got to rant. And then they had me uh, rant about how much I hated uh, Bendis as Superman, but that's besides the point. <laughs> but anyway, so this is happening. And then we started doing like uh, Snyder Sundays where we watch all of Zack Snyder's movies. And this is where like Snyder Queen came in. This is where Jay Heat came in. And speaking of Jay Heat, then what happens is that we started doing this thing where like at the end of every movie stream, we would have you on for five minutes. We still do this. Um, and, and you could tell us what you thought about the movie. Tevia would, of course, try and reference Super Sun every stream. But, and then Jay Heat came on, and he was a, like a dope dude. And the, the minute I knew this guy's cool is when we were – it was the BV – at the end of the BVS stream, he said, okay, so we're doing Zack Snyder's Justice League next week. You better get that band hammer in for anyone who who brings up Justice League. And I, ha I have to pl play the clip now because I, I use the evil words. Why did you say that, Dad? There you go. But anyway – you you have upset courage. Yeah, and then uh, we started ha having him on like more uh, more like for longer. And then I asked Nick, "Hey, this dude's awesome. You want to have him on as a, as a co-host?" And Nick said, "I was about to ask you the same thing." It's like well, one of those things where uh, it was a unanimous decision. That's why I made the rule that if we add in a co-host, it has to be unanimous among the four of us. Yeah, I think that rule was kind of enacted after a failed attempt to add someone in. We're not going to name names here, but you know. No, no, no. It's just, it just it didn't work out. But anyway. Yeah. So, and, and then obviously we, we finally recently had Snyder Queen on a panel, so that was fun. And and she she will it's confirmed. Uh, well, as as things stand now, she will be on both Nick's Nick's stream next Sunday. And my, and my stream uh, next Friday. Because, and more on that later, but we're going to get, get, we're planning something pretty cool. But anyway, so then like Comics League eventually grew. And it's, it's really weird because Lad has this little sheet that basically tracks where we were 
in terms of subscribers. In fact, I'm going to pull up that little sheet real quick. So you can see this because this is what we've been going off of for a long time. And uh, here you go. This is basically tracking. So the channel launched in October of 2020. And it was like, that's start date, zero subs. And then 2022 was like, it's February of 2024. This is the day before the, the first West collab went on. 32 subscribers. And then two months later, 100. And then one month later, and then less than a month later, 150. Less than a month later, uh, I mean, a, a little more than a month later, 200. And then just kept, that momentum kept rolling and rolling and rolling. We hit 400 in December 30th of 2022, which is interesting. We gain so far. We're about we're gaining about a hundred every two months. So that that's why we basically war gamed it that that will that will uh, make monetization. But anyway, so that's basically my origin story from the start of Comics League to now. It's just been so much fun to have it grow now to the point where I can just hop on a stream with, with my friends practically every day and just talk about comic books. And here's the key part. People now are watching. It's different mm -hmm. because back in the day, we, were, we didn't really have a regular audience like with Brown Destroyer, Tevia, Jay Heat, you Master guys. Master Sergeant. Master Sergeant, we love you, brother. But it, it is just so surreal now to have people showing up and waiting in the live streams for like 10 minutes before it starts. <laughs> it's just so weird. And again, thank you, Nick, for, for, for coming on because really when you think about it, you're the reason you're part of the reason why this thing grew so much because I, I got to do regular live streams and stuff because I had a co-host again. <laughs> so there you go. So that's where we're going to leave. The, so that's my origin story. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Continue watching. Welcome to under two capes. I'm Jared. I'm here with my buddy, Nick from the Phoenix press. What's up, dude? Not much. Uh, I am blessed with the uh, gorgeous rat. So, you know, it's awesome. Good. And by the way, I just want to start off the stream saying if you guys haven't w watched Nick's once and always Power Rangers stream, you oh. need to something crazy that, happens in the stream. I mean, it already happened. So we can just say it. Ron Watson appears. Yeah, you, you need to watch that. It's a kick ass interview. Well done, sir. So the, for those who don't know, Ron Wasserman was the composer of Money War from Power Rangers as well as once and always. Like the iconic, you know, Go Go Power Rangers, he made that. Yeah. So watch that. So, and then I wanted to have him on because he he, he and I have known each other the longest, and we've talked a lot actually on our other shows about comic book fandom. So we figured we'd collab on this. So we're going to talk about why is comic book fandom so negative, and it's I I came up with with a little bit of a list of, uh, of like five re of reasons. Number one being overprotectiveness slash overpassion. Because being passionate is it's fine. It's totally fine. That's what you want to have. I, before you before you go yeah. into this, I would kind of caution. Uh, in a topic like these, it's so easy to be like fandom bad, fandom toxic, fandom mean. Yeah. Um, and I feel like you know, when you're kind of saying those some of those topics, they, they could very easily head in that direction. Mm -hmm. um, I, I I just want to say I think this is a very nuanced topic, it and is. we might we while we might not get to the bottom of it in the stream, we are going to do our very best to talk about it. Yeah. And by the way, at no point are we saying all of fandom is bad. I just want to I just want to bring that in there. We're we're just talking about the the negative portion of fandoms. 
And if and if it seems like I'm being uh, clammy, it's because I realize this topic can get a little uh, contentious. So I'm doing my best to rein myself in. Yeah. So anyway, so, so go back a, a little overprotectiveness. What I mean by that is like a, is, and, and really it's just uh, because uh, I'm trying to think about how to properly phrase this. And, and you saw this a lot with like the the comic book fan reaction to the Snyderverse because it's essentially like they would say, okay, the character would never act like this. And I'm like, okay, what version? There have been many different versions of these characters. And ultimately what I got down to it is that here's the thing. And fans, rightly so, are going to prefer the version that got them into this fandom uh, more, right? And yeah, Nick, go ahead. So like uh, to kind of go off of what you just said, um, there's kind of a joke in the Zelda community. Uh, your favorite Zelda game is the one you played when you were 12 years old. Yeah. It's like with me. Sorry about that. My favorite era of Superman is the new 52 Superman, because that was the Superman that got me into comics. I mean, Wonder Woman. So it was mm -hmm. like, of course, I'm going to have a more of a loyalty than that. But anyway, but... um. But uh, and Jay Heat, that's for you. But uh, I, I saw how you ended that that, that Power Ranger stream. But anyway, but, well, the thing is, he was in a Wonder Bat friendly kingdom, so he was more than welcome to do so. I know, but uh, my point is, is that yeah, that's totally fine. But you have to, but w when you're being a thing, you have to acknowledge that. Guess what? Your version is not the only version of the character that has ever existed. Like Christopher Reeves is not the only version of Superman that's ever existed, and he himself did not want to be the only version of Superman. Like, like yeah, there's some versions uh, where Wonder Woman is dating Batman, and there's some versions where she's dating Superman. We all have our preferences. And the versions where she's dating ba Batman, coincidentally, are the worst versions, but that's just because... Oh! Civil War, brother! You just started a civil war! Yeah, but anyway. <laughs> my point is, is like, uh, uh, here's the problem. A lot of people did... The vocal minority didn't like Man of Steel because they said it wasn't Christopher Reeve Superman. I've seen this. And uh, I've said this multiple times on your streams. They gave you Christopher Reeve Superman and you didn't like it. A.K.A. Superman Returns. And, and then they'll say, well, that wasn't really uh, Christopher Reeve Superman, but story-wise it was. But that's besides uh, the Literally, it was... It, the, the only thing that can make it any more Christopher Reeve Superman is if Christopher Reeve was in the role. He was literally... Brandon Ralph was literally playing the same exact character that Christopher Reeve was. It is in the continuity of Superman. I mean, they just kind of went off of, you know, one and two and then three and four doesn't exist, you know, but right, still. So. Yeah. Um, but yeah. But at best, it's an alternate timeline. Yeah. But that's my point is, is that essentially here's the thing. And this is why another reason why I kind of avoid arguing with like the diehard Superman fans, because again, they're more on, they're more of a fan of, they, they think Superman has always been the silver age, Christopher Reeve Superman. And he just hasn't. I'm like, if you read, and then they'll say, I, I like post-crisis. If you w read post-crisis, Henry Cavill Superman. But, but anyway, uh, that's not what I'm saying. Well, what I'm trying to say is that. I mean, Henry Cavill is the new 52 Superman. New yeah. 52 was a splattering of, of post-crisis Superman. But F fair enough, because uh, 
because uh, Man of Steel came out just as the new 52 was popping off. 2013, yeah. So it was, it was there for like at least a year at that point. I'm surprised that they didn't make Zack Snyder put Superman with Wonder Woman at that point because for mm-hmm. synergy reasons he was. But that's besides the point. But my point is, <laughs> um, why am I talking about this? I'm talking about this because it's an inability. that They seem to have an inability to process that these characters grow and evolve. The Superman that that we have now in the comics that everyone supposedly likes is very different than the Silver Age Superman or the Golden Age Superman. These characters grow and you have to allow them to grow with the times. Now, that doesn't mean having modern writers misinterpret the, and, the, the content. And that's where I'm going to jump in. And I feel like a lot of the negativity and the whatnot comes from overcorrection, overmodernization. You know, it's like having a character evolve is is one thing, but literally changing it to the point where it's unrecognizable, Mm -hmm. that is kind of an affront to a lot of these people. Mm -hmm. And it's it's happened over and over and over again. Like every character you know and love has to be updated for modern audiences. Yeah, as as I see the for modern audience tags, I'm like, oh, no. Yeah, I even got it in into a big row with like another indie creator where uh, he was like, "Oh, why are these people being so up in arms about this? It's just words, you know." And I got into a big row with them, and then that was all fu- you know, fun and games. Not really. But you see, the whole thing is that going back to Superman. Here's the thing, because for the longest time, I'm sorry, Superman was a joke. Uh, I'm, I'm I'm sorry, I've. Said that on other streams, and I actually had people come after me on the streams for that. But it's the truth because w- when you look at what well, you don't want him bench pressing Saturn before he go- before 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 pulling a solar system on a chain or having wall rebuilding vision. But anyway, but you don't want him to have a daughter who is named Super Maid, and she literally marries Jimmy Olsen, who who last month had turned into a werewolf. Yeah, I know. But <laughs> anyway, but those are actual stories, by the way. Yes, I know. I I wa- I was watching a movie. This is like a newer movie, but it, it's a kid kid ish movie. But I was like, okay, whatever. I saw this movie called We Can Be Heroes, and there's a line in it. It's on. It's basically in the universe of Shark Boy and Lava Girl. To 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 get, give you guys an idea there. So there's a line in it where someone goes, "Superheroes wear their underwear on the outside of their pants." <laughs> And it's meant to be played off as a joke, and, and that's the thing because we know who they're referencing, and and that's another reason why Superman Returns didn't work. Because here's the thing: Christopher Reeve's Superman works for that time period, a hundred percent. And you know what? It's great as a modern Superman fan. I still like that movie because you know what? It's good for like this is what it was like back then. It's totally fine. I like Henry Cavill in New Fifty Two. I like Henry Cavill slash New 52 Superman slash late post-crisis because he still was Superman. He was still was doing the Superman things, no matter what you people will say. Wait, wait, wait. Play the clip. But he was doing it in a more realistic way. I'm sorry, what? Which clip? He's doing a, he's doing a Superman thing. Oh, oh yeah, that, that, that works. Okay, hang on. Let me pull that up. He's doing this Superman thing. I'm sorry you literally said it word for word. I was like, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So he was still being Superman. But he was doing it in a way that... Because here's the thing. After I saw Man of Steel, previous to this, I wasn't the biggest Superman fan. Because I was like, okay, he, he's the Boy Scout that, that always does everything right. I saw Man of Steel on BVS. I'm like... And Zack Snyder's Justice League. I was like, I get it now. 
And then I started reading the older stuff that, that everyone always says Zack Snyder misinterprets. And, and that's the thing. These properly done modernizations of characters, I have to say properly done because, again, we refer to what Nick says. If they're properly done, I essentially said, and when I was debating on Nerdette about the Snyderverse, I said, here's what you have to understand. Think of this as, this is a, probably a bad term, but a gateway drug. Essentially, what happens is that you use this as your entry point, saying, okay, I got in with Henry Cavill Superman, and now with this new mindset thinking about Superman, I went back and I read the older stuff and all the newer stuff. I read Kingdom Come, For Tomorrow, All-Star, and I was like, okay, now I get it. You got any more of those uh, Supermans? Mm -hmm. And here's the thing, and this dovetails into my number two reason. Okay. A part of the reason why comic, I think the fan base to uh, the extreme portion of the fan base, I'm going to very much differentiate that. I think f- to a degree, they want comics to stay the niche market that, that, that it is the, the niche, like not as like mainstream medium because it makes them feel like they're in a secret club. Um, yes and no. I, I, I guess uh, the dynamics is we're kind of on opposite sides of this. Which is great. That, that's great. But go ahead. Um, see, the problem, uh, the, the, the thing and, and, and that I kind of feel like, uh, by the way, the term you're looking for is gatekeeping. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I think the reason why a lot of nerds gatekeep is because nerddom was not always a cool hobby. People mm-hmm. were bullied for it. Yeah. And so, and so you have, like, you have you know roughly like you know the same people who bullied you about it are now into the same things and claims oh i always love star wars you know or or this or that and you're literally seeing the franchises that meant so much to you that that saved your life that like literally got you through the worst times of your life where you know like these mean more to you than than life itself you know um Mm -hmm. I'm I'm not being hyperbolic here. I mean, mm-hmm. the, the, this means a lot to people. Yeah, here, um, and you see these people just kind of come in, kind of take it over and um, push it out. It's like I don't know if you ever see the meme where it's like you have uh, this kind of gelatinous thing. It's in the uh, uh, they're like, hey, we don't want you here. Go away. So they kind of create their own box, and they say, oh, this is fine. And then the normies. Like the other people all come in, say, "Oh, we we can't have you here," and then they squeeze the mother, you know, kind of came in, and I don't know if you've ever seen that meme. I'll I'll send it to you after. Um, but like, yeah, that's it's something we see all the time, and so yeah, I understand why. Kind of more of a reaction that we see is people gatekeeping their hobbies more because it's either that or have it be ruined. That that's true, and I get that, but. There is a point when it gets a little too too insane. Case in point, and here's the thing: this is another point I said because let's say you're someone that wasn't really into comics, wasn't a bully at all. It it, it just wasn't your thing. What wasn't into Superman? Then you see Man of Steel, and he's like, "Oh man, I want to I want to uh, read more about this character." Let's say that that ideal scenario that DC and Marvel really want happens. And you show up and, and to, to like um, a bunch of comic book like friends at a convention, let's say. And you go, oh, man, I just started. I just got into Superman. I really like him. And, and they go, what got you into Superman? Then you say Zack Snyder's Man of Steel. And they'll go, that's not Superman. You're not a real Superman fan. Are you going to really enter that fan base? Are you going to – is that fan base going to grow if 
just saying, okay, I got in because of this, and and then you're admonished for it. Is that gonna uh, is that healthy for the fan base? I mean, I, I, there's like my thing is like there's always extremes, mm-hmm. and like I don't agree with that. You know, it's just it's kind of these always these extremes, and yes, uh, there has been stuff that's been allowed to grow. Like, yes, nerdum nerdum has kind of had a bit of a sexism problem let's just let's just kind of oh yeah 100% but who who was running it for, for a significant but on that same token for every girl who says oh i don't want to go into a D store and ask about playing playing magic or D either they'll, they'll they'll laugh at me no no uh nowadays I'm they won't um well actually i'd say this this, this has probably been the case for at least the past 10 years like oh, there's yeah. kind of i'd say there's kind of like this magical period um, between like 2007 and 2012, where it's called the MCU, all of a sudden geek stuff was was cool. I mean, not just that, but like there was all this geek stuff, all this geek media, like geek geekdom was mainstream. All of a sudden, you could be a hot girl and like be like say you're into Star Wars and people take you at your word. You know what I'm saying? Like I you, think you could... I think it was also because you had a, a bunch of like successful ce- celebrities like Joe Manganiello being very open about the fact that he plays D and D. So it was oh, like, okay. did you ever, uh, you remember that one Twitter exchange where like this, uh, this like workout bro was like, Oh, any guy who, who plays D and D is like a work worthless loser. And then Joe Magnanello, he, he, <laughs> he, he, he tweeted a picture of himself on the cover of men's health magazine, looking better than that guy will ever look at his entire <laughs> life and says, I play D and D. You didn't think this through, dude. In fact, I played a few of those characters. I played geek characters. So there you go. I was Flash Thompson. I almost became uh, Agent Venom. That would have been cool. Joe Manganiello's Agent Venom. I could see that. It's just so weird, like, watching Spider-Man saying, like, let's go back Nellow. Yeah, exactly. It is weird, particularly after the Snyderverse, because I'm like, it's Deathstroke. But anyway, but yeah, and, and to be clear, I'm totally fine with being protective of your franchises to the point where you don't want it to be ruined and diluted by... Let's be honest, updating for modern audiences. But the part where I draw the line is when you attack people who say, I, I got I got in and I appreciate it more now because I saw like this more modern take on the character like Man of Steel. Yeah, my thing is like, well, I don't doubt that happens and mm-hmm. I don't doubt it still happens. I don't think it happens as much anymore as some people are claiming, including you. It happens like, on Twitter all the time. Twitter is not real. But, yeah, but yeah, Twitter. Yeah, exactly. Like you, like there, there's this narrative that like, if you're not a white nerd male, if you go into a comic book shop and you start talking, like they'll like, they'll start badging you. Like, what's this? What's this? What's this? Like, no, like if you start, if you go in, like, okay, a, a girl might have some problems in the comic book shop, but like, it's more just over attention. Like, uh, you know, that's an entirely separate issue. But, like, any person, you could be a gay Latino and you go start talking about Batman, you know, they'll talk about Batman with you. Or, or, or like, you, you go sit down to play Magic. Like, oh, you're my Magic player? Okay, let's play. Mm-hmm. Like, I, 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 like, I've, like, I, I hate to say, say this is going to be cringy, but, like, I've lived in the real world enough. I've been to these real world spaces enough that a lot of the crap that people talk about online just mm-hmm. does not happen. I'm sorry. Oh yeah. I'm a hundred percent 
video on that. I've had two ever since I got really into into like geek culture again in the past two years. I have I've had n nothing but good like in person like stuff. Uh, the only thing I, I'm re I, I, the only reason why I'm reacting to, to this and like on YouTube could be because like what I see on the internet, why I see on y on y YouTube and stuff. Plus, there are people. Uh, the, the part where I think gets a little extreme is when friends are break up their friendship just because they have di different opinions on a comic book character or comic book movie. I mean, that's kind of a entirely separate thing because you have people do that like over politics. Like, oh, you you like this pro whatever meme. So we're not friends anymore, you bigot. Yeah, well, and, and at what point? I actually had an exchange with one of these people on Twitter, and I dropped this in the chat. You ready? Okay, they're talking about fictional characters. Fictional characters. Which, I get it. And uh, to, to be clear, <laughs> what I was talking about in the beginning, yeah, people get a little too obsessive about ultimately... Well, let me just wait. It's different, per se, than about, like, the politics thing, because at least the politics thing ultimately affects the world around you if you're arguing about who's the best batman is that really going to have an, an effect on the general world i mean we all know it's keaton so well we all know it's affleck but that's besides the point but to to be clear let me be clear let me be clear by the way that was just kind of a bit we just did by the way that yeah, was just yeah exactly it's all good but let me be clear it's 100 fine it, uh, I'm just uh, the reason. The purpose of this video is to talk about why people go to the extreme. That's it. I'm not in any way because I'm one of the fans that'll be the first to tell you that, like Tanahashi coaches Superman, likely is not going to be a legitimate version of Superman, and well, likely won't come out. But that's besides the point. But beyond that point and there's also uh, speaking of false narratives nick remember when there was that false narrative that up until like 2016 every comic book character every mainstream comic book character was a straight white male obviously they've never read any obviously you've never read a comic book right because you have like, like i was on. i was just gonna say you've never read 80s x-men yeah, so you've never read 80s X-Men. You've never read The Authority. Well, speaking of X-Men, that's even a mainstream book, dude. Well, it's beyond that. Remember, in the 60s, or like, no, in, in like the 80s when Claremont's run began, guess what? He had a Soviet on the X-Men being a good guy. Back then, that was quite a thing. Yeah. So, the, but to the point is that the same people that that have these narratives obviously are just now get, getting into it or are trying to avoid like responsibility for 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 their project failing like when when elizabeth banks in her charlie's angels remake said i guess that guys uh, that men just don't want to see female action heroes and we're yeah. everyone here that's seen alien or like terminator to name two are like excuse me yeah, though, to be fair, uh, you see that on both sides of the equation. If I have to see another another creator say, oh, I was shadow banned. That's why my that's why my Indiegogo didn't get any people supporting it. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, your, your, your book wasn't shadow banned. It just. I, OK, I, I can't I can't I, I was I was going pretty hard with that, but like it just didn't connect with people. Or maybe you didn't do enough work to promote the book and go on shows and stuff. Yeah, like, uh, like, because <sighs> you can't expect it automatic unless you're like EVS, who has like a massive built-in fan base who will follow you 
wherever you go. Like in other words, I'm sure it happens to some of these smaller people, but like Mm -hmm. uh, for it to be like as on mass, like I'm sorry, no, no, your book wasn't shadow banned. It it just sucked. Because here's the thing: people expect when they go into indie books that they'll be as successful as EVS straight out the gate. Oh, those people never last long. So. No, he, you cannot expect, you 100%. I expect it's going to take me let volumes me, until I can get to that level. Let me give you a little pro tip as a person who has ran, gosh, three successful campaigns at this point. Um, don't measure yourself by the yardstick of other people, okay? Yeah. Um, for me, success is getting $1,300. For some people... Failure is only getting two thousand, mm-hmm. so just kind of keep like keep that keep that into perspective. Well, Success is relative, okay. So just because there's another creator that's that's running, I'm sorry, I'm kind of hijacking your stream right now. Um, but it's I'll, like even with me. Speaking of success being relative, look at my YouTube channel. Yeah, I. I I, I have like f- uh, now like 522 subs, and you see, I measure uh, I measure su- success based upon if I go into the into the YouTube like studio app, and it tells me my content is like growing more. In other words, if I, I'm like, you're getting more views than regular, your people are watching more of your content. I, I, I still want uh, my stuff to explode and me to be able to do, do this full time. That's 100 there, but the thing is, is that is that what you have to understand is that you have to be patient in order to get to this point because let me put it this way evs did not uh, did not start off as like up there as he was he he still had to to like to grow and and uh it took patience to get to this point all these creators did they didn't start off automatically at marvel and dc either to be fair um in regards to like his performance with like CG and whatnot, the reason why he had a lot of success at the gate is because he had a success over DC first. Like, mm-hmm. you might want to call that on for advantage, and maybe sure, but like, yeah, everything's to quote Green Lantern, it's all relative. Well, let me put it this way: there are plenty of people that 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 come from DC and Marvel and do like uh, indie work and don't succeed. So that's really what I'm going for. It's, it's like you have to be talented first off, which. I don't think anyone can, can even EVS deniers uh, um, haters can't deny the dude's talented at drawing stuff. Okay, mm-hmm. we're we're just gonna say, we're just gonna say that right there. Even the, even Nerdette, who's the, who, who's not the biggest uh, EVS fan, I said uh, I said you gotta admit he draws stuff right. She's like, yeah, his stuff is gorgeous. Yeah, but <laughs> my point is, don't expect success right out of the way. But anyway, back to this. And now Nick, now. Let's talk about the the not wanting your characters to grow, because th- that is legit a a real concern, one hundred percent. Particularly, or in, the past uh, few years. in Spider-Man's case, not growing enough. Yeah, because let's let's take Spider-Man for example. It's because that's the case of the fans want him to grow, but the company does not want him to grow. Isn't that interesting? Which I think, in the fans' case, I think they're right. <laughs> yeah, they are right because uh, let me put it this way. Particularly when you have Miles, and let's be honest, Miles is going through an identity crisis, even though he has these movies, because he's Spider-Man, but they but they haven't done anything to differentiate him from Peter. If they have Peter being the older, like, exactly, maybe I've been mentor Spider-Man, 
with Mary Jane and everything, and then have Peter be the younger, I mean, have Miles be the younger Spider-Man for people, guess what? You could have, you you have created a situation where you can I've have your cake I've been saying that too. on your stream for a while now. No, no, I know, but I've been saying it for longer, dude. I mean, you literally have the situation where every, literally everyone can be happy. It's a win-win scenario. Yeah. You know, do all the high school, co- early college hijinks you, you want with, uh, with, uh, with uh with Miles, I mean, sure it's gonna be a little bit different because he's got the exaggerated swagger of a black teen. That's that is a it's a meme reference. Or or hang on, you can have um Peter be the 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 Avengers Spider Man, the one who handles like all the big stuff, and Miles does the regular like day to day stuff. Oh, I mean, P- Peter to me is like he's the the older Spider Man. He's like yeah. the late 30s early 40s spider-man he's married to mary jane like he's got it he's got a kid honestly the age that i would put mayday in would be probably either between 7 and 12 to Mm -hmm. the point where like even miles can kind of mentor mayday a little bit and you mentioned mayday so that that means tevi is going to leave a comment on this video (laughs) but but yeah but yeah 100 you have a situation now that here's the thing and that's a situation where it were like having the character grow with the modern audience actually worked out really well. And actually, no, no, wait. And they did it for like 30 years. Marvel and DC themselves did the updated for the modern audience. Cause remember in the golden age, a lot of the origins and superheroes got their powers from magic. IE Jay Garrick got his powers from inhaling the fumes of hard water. To be but- fa- Okay. Okay. Um, so the Silver Age like, was actually dominated by science, but DC was actually the one that really started that trend. Um, no, I know I, I'm getting to that point. Can I can I do this, please? Yeah, go ahead. So, uh, in the late 50s, early 60s, you had editor Julius Schwartz mm-hmm. basically reinvent a lot of the characters, like for example, Green Lantern. Yeah, the original version was like a magic space rock, but then he returned to the Green Lantern as space cops. And then the Flash got more technological, and a lot of the other characters had more of a science bent. Um, Marvel didn't really start like like Fantastic Four didn't come along until 1962, um, so it was basically kind of like this magical period from about 1962 to about uh, 68, 69, roughly, when they are just like creating left and right new stuff. Iron Man, Captain America, uh, well, not ca- uh, ca- Captain America, the Hulk, or something like that. But anyway, to be fair. They re they did reinvent him. They they did mm-hmm. update Captain America. Like like you want to talk updating for modern audiences? They really did. Like C- Captain mm-hmm. America's modern interpretation came from the sixties. The man out of time concept came from that Stan Lee. And, yeah, and it's like look at the so, so the, the, the that's the occasion. They they re, they recognize that the audience isn't buying like necessarily at the time the whole uh, magic thing. So DC was like. Let's give them more science because we're in this age of like, because remember this was during the Cold War and mutually assured destruction with nukes. So they were like, let's let's play with that. And, and that's also where you got like the Hulk and all that stuff. So that's the way you do it right. You recognize necessarily what are like, what's going on and how do, how can we, okay, wait, wait. Because we see a, a lot of today, but it's done poorly. You need talented writers who can re- recognize when, not to go too far. In other words, when like not to have Batman ignore Riot. I have to say that because yeah, th- that happened in like 
earlier. I was like, sorry, I'm getting angry just thinking about it. Yeah, but and and that's the thing. And I, I said this to Nerdette. That's my definition of woke. When you take your own personal politics and apply them to a character that they're incompatible with. Or if you're having environmental protest while a monster is attacking in the background. To be fair, that was just a cover, but still it was a stupid cover. When you have characters in the DC universe that could solve climate change like that, but that's besides the point. But I mean to be fair, they like that's kind of what the, that was kind of the whole point of Superman 4. Yeah. Like, but, yeah. But the, the point is like even look at post-crisis. Even then, the stories got way more mature. You had you had a Batman having his back broken by Bane. You had the death of Superman. You almost or look had, at like any story from the 1980s. Yeah, you almost had the violation of Wonder Woman. I say the violation because I don't want to like do that. And I'm glad that storyline did not come out. But the point is that you start to see more mature and dark storytelling. So whenever anyone says, because I was on a stream with someone and they mentioned. Well, the, the movie should include some of the more whimsical elements of the comics. And I'm like, comics aren't whimsical anymore if you read anything from Crisis and on. To be fair, that's actually kind of one of the reasons why I like the first Shazam movie. Because they kind of bring back that whimsical feel a little bit. And I, I think for well, property like Shazam, it works. If it's appropriate to the character, because a lot of people w want it to be just blanket. And we're seeing that with the MCU, because if you look at Thor, what Taika did to Thor ultimately be became like the biggest crime, I think, in the MCU, because Thor is not, a, not Deadpool, if you read the comics. No, I mean, with Thor, and I, I feel like this is kind of really why Ragnarok worked, is because Ragnarok leaned into the psychedelic of Thor, which I think is what people really like about Thor. Like, mm -hmm. like Ragnarok was a very Kirby-esque movie. Um, and I feel like the, like the colors, the, like the synth score, um, the palate cleanser. I feel like if they had fought, if Thor love and thunder was not the comedy, it was, if it was a more serious movie, but still had some comedic elements. Like if they had used, I always point to the best version of Thor when they had balance infinity war. If they had had that characterization of Thor, I think that the, the general audience w would not have rejected uh, Love and Thunder. See, the problem with, with Ragnarok is, when we Ragnarok and Love and Thunder is, Ragnarok was, was was at least was held back enough that when it did have serious moments, they actually hit, like, the death of Odin. I, I'm sorry, that hits you in the feels, like, when the music yeah. swells, or, or, like, that moment where she takes out his eye. Like, you feel that, and... It's still got the laugh. I, I feel like Ragnarok is a very balanced movie. A little more. It went a little too too much in, into the comedy that, that I would have liked, but but it was better than Love and Thunder. Love and Thunder was basically a Deadpool movie. <laughs> That's basically what it is. I, at least in Love and Thunder, they didn't replace Thor with Jane. They killed Jane. That's like the one redeeming thing. That's the that one because I immediately thought they were going to do it when they bring in Mighty Thor, but again, she's not Thor. But that's besides the point. That, that, that's a conversation for a, a, another episode. But the point is, it is possible. This is how I know that that the major uh, that the majority of the creatives who are working for these companies don't necessarily aren't necessarily the right fit. Because guess what? It has happened before where you update these characters for a modern audience. And guess what? It turns out great. It is possible to do that. It's not, it's not the it's not the impossible feat that like some creatives make it out to be. Like you want to talk about updating for a modern audience. 
uh, Mr. Freeze. Oh, literally, yes. literally, the only reason why people talk about Mr. Freeze is because Batman the Animated Series literally reinvented his backstory. Like, go back and watch the 60s Batman and that version of Mr. Freeze. Yeah. Like, it's, it's like an entirely different character. It got to the point where as soon as, the, as Heart of Ice came out, DC changed everything about Mr. Freeze to make him that version. Like, literally, by the time they got to Batman and Robin, they were using the animated series origin. Yeah, exactly. It's as much as you want to say about Arnold's portrayal of like Freeze. It was that, that. That's like, what, three, four years after the premiere of the show? Yeah. Yeah. So it's that, not like impossible. that quickly. It's l- l- literally not impossible to to update it. And you can even have, playing to the ambiguity of being a superhero, like playing to the moral gray area. That's why I think Batman is so popular with non-comic book audiences because he he plays a lot in that gray area. It's not so much like black and white, good or evil. I, I personally think the reason why Batman is so successful is honestly his his moldability because Batman can be multiple things. Like he can be like the Cape Crusader. He can be the Dark Knight. You know, um, the detective. The detective. Plus also uh, for for actual uh, this is the one DC superhero where you can become Batman if you have the money and the time and the training. I think that's also part of it. Um, the fact that he's just a man. Like, he's honestly, he's kind of almost a Marvel character in that sense. Yeah. I need, uh, I'm going to get the one Snyder Cut clip I don't have is when Barry goes, What are your superpowers again? I'm rich. I need that. That's so good. I love that. That's you the dude. It's funnier oh. in, uh, in the Snyder Cut. Everything is. What were you saying, Nick? I was about to, um, you do too much. You're not Superman, you know. <laughs> oh my gosh! That's oh my so god! Uh, one of us needs to get that. Yeah, and but it, it should probably be you. But you know what's kind of funny? The part that makes me like hurt internally was when uh, Peter is visiting Aunt May. He goes, "Hey, where are all my comic books?" And then Aunt May goes, "Those terrible things. I threw those away." And I was like, "No, the fields. Those are worth money, and you threw them away." <laughs> <laughs> and you need money to pay your rent. You could have paid your rent with those. I also, wish Peter said that. I wish Peter at least at one point reacted at some point. Said to to be saying, fair, his collection was probably like 80s and 90s comics. So like they're probably comic boom comics. So it might not have been worth too much. Oh yeah, that's true. But 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 Uncle Ben's copy of Fantastic Four number one. It has, yeah. a throw, it has a bullet hole through it, but it's still worth money. <laughs> it has a bullet hole? Where do you think they live? No, I said Uncle Ben. Yeah, Uncle, oh, oh, you mean... <laughs> Think he, about he, it. He brought it with him in World War II? What happened to Uncle Ben? <laughs> oh, yeah, sorry. It, it didn't... Cl- because I'm like, what is the... Co- he carries his comic with him everywhere he goes? I mean... <laughs> but, yeah, that's true. So... The point of this, it's not like the most impossible thing to do. I just think that a lot of times, I just think that I'm trying to figure out how to properly say this because I don't want to cast a blanket argument. I just want to say some people have to chill out to a certain degree. And let me put this way, if we had more more, like talented creatives in there, yeah, everyone Play the clip, play the clip. I don't have it. I sent it to you. Uh, I must have not added. All right, everybody. Chill. It's like here's the thing. When you look to you, it's like when you look at creatives like Zack Snyder and Christopher Nolan, 
they took uh, they took characters and modernized them for the modern audience, but did it in a good way, in a way that resonated with people. Like Christopher Nolan's Batman is seen as the Batman for even comic book fans. There, there are some comic book fans that say, no, Christian Bale and the, the Dark Knight trilogy are is my Batman. And if you want to go back a few a little bit earlier in the 80s, you had uh, Frank Miller basically redo Daredevil with Born Again. You know, he re he reinterpreted Daredevil for the modern audience. And I think most modern interpretations of Daredevil use that as the wellspring. Let's not forget, speaking of Frank Miller, he updated Batman for the modern audience because previous to that, it was the jokey, like, well, let's get, take take a tour in the Batcave. Uh, I, um, no. Um, okay, go ahead. It first started in the 70s under Denny O'Neill and Neil Adams. Mm -hmm. Like, I, I, I feel like people don't really give Denny O'Neill and Neil Adams the respect they deserve in the modern times. Like, they were really the ones who, who kind of put into motion. Because basically... <sighs> Uh, what you had was after the Batman TV series did its run, there was kind of a reaction to that. And so what they did is they sent Dick Grayson off to college, and basically Batman was allowed to go solo again. Mm -hmm. uh, and so in the 70s, Neil Adams and Denny O'Neill basically reinterpreted Batman. I mean, don't get me wrong. It was, uh, Frank, it was 1970 Frank to 1973. Yeah, that was a really important run. Uh, Frank Miller was basically just building upon the foundation that they had laid out. I, I think the reason why he he gets a lot of the credit for modernizing Batman is because that was the first like Batman book to get like mainstream. Like it, it, there was an article in the Rolling Stones about it. I do feel like there is some recency bias with that one because you know Frank Miller is still alive, and a lot mm -hmm. of the people who talk about the stuff were you know, kind of alive during the 80s and whatnot versus like 70 to 73. You know, most of the people involved mm -hmm. are either dying or will probably die soon. I, mm -hmm. I'm sorry if I'm callous, but you know. And by the way, I want to bring up a, a, a point that I want to bring up. If you like the more classic takes on these on these characters, if you like the more silver agey, jokey versions, nothing that's no, nothing to be ashamed of. There's n nothing wrong with that. Like what you like, as I always say. I j I'm just reacting to the, uh, the... The purpose of this video is just to talk about the negative reaction whenever you bring up, oh, I like this version. Well, that's not the real version of the character. Yeah, I certainly... Uh, I certainly agree with you 100%. Um, though, I do feel like... And one about to say is probably like a topic for another under episode is... When is it okay to gatekeep? Because sometimes these reinterpretations go too far. You know what? That's next week's Under Two Capes. Thank you. You helped me plan that out. There, there you go. It's per perfect bookend series, you know? Yeah. It, it's like, but here's the thing. I always say this. Like what you like, 100%. It's just Agreed. don't tell me that your version is the only version, is the only legitimate version. In fact, so I did a... So it's okay to like Wonder Bat? <sighs> yes, even though I personally hate it. <laughs> But I did a video a little while back saying there is no definitive version of these characters. It's just whichever version you like the best. Anyone that tells you that is 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 incorrect. Because guess what? There have been so many. These characters have existed. Superman has existed for like 85 years now. There And there has been many di di um, a different versions. To me, New 
52 is the definitive version. Jared. Yeah. We are going to live to see Superman's 100th birthday. Wow. That, that, that 1938. Is... It's literally 15 years Fifteen years from now, uh, Superman will be 100 years old. Wow. Like, that's not that far from now. The, we're definitely doing a special Under Two Capes episode for that. Oh, baby. we're planning way in advance. Oh, we're going to do something. 15 years, we're, we're planning our streams. But, we're, we're marking your Google calendar 15 no, years We're Batman. Now. We're incredibly prepared. But... But prep time. But but basically, uh, 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 but, but, but so here's the thing. Nick and I have d- d- disagreed on, on a lot of on this episode uh, more Wonder more Bass, than I thought so. Wonder. But actually, and th- that leads to a great conversation. But Nick, do you at least agree with me that there is no definitive version of these characters, unless it's Wonder Bat? I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. You do rest. Okay. You have a truce, right? That you that you guys keep flagrantly. Uh, are you? Are you aware that I was making a joke? Yes, I know. That's why I, I, I that's, yeah, exactly. But, okay, but that's the point. to answer your question, no, there is no definitive version of this character unless it is Batman the Animated Series and Kevin well, here, Conroy. Well, here's the thing. There, every I'm, I'm, version, I'm making jokes. I'm making no, jokes. No, but here's the thing. Uh, and I, I actually had an interaction on Twitter when someone said, well, Zack Snyder's Superman is not Superman. I'm like, yeah, he is. You know how you know that? It has the DC, the official DC logo on the bottom. I was gonna say he wears the S, but you know that works too. Well, you can. Uh, well, the, uh, uh, but, but uh, I'm saying, uh, yeah. All you have to do is, all you have to do is look at DC stamp. I got news for you. Even it's if like, you don't like it, hey, let me, let me, uh, like you could just say, hey, here's a hot toy of Superman. What does it say on the base? Copyright 2021 Warner Brothers. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they're the ones who can tell you if this is Superman, not you. That's just the, 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 that's just my point. And, and that's the key of this episode is that you can have your preference 100%. Like Nick's favorite, favorite Batman is Keaton. His, his favorite Superman is Reeves. Am, am I correct in that? Yes. Yes. Yeah, my favorite uh, su- uh, Superman is Henry Cavill, and my favorite Batman is Ben Affleck. That's and let's that's, and that's let's, let's, let's let's bring it to Spider Man. Another perfect thing. I am a Toby fanboy, um, uh, but some people like Garfield. Some some people for some reason like Holland. I you know um, they like Iron Boy. I, I will say this about okay. So Toby is still my favorite Spider Man. But the Amazing Spider-Man are my fi- are my favorite Spider-Man movies. Yeah, I agree with you on that because here's the thing: the Amazing Spider-Man movies are the most comic accurate to his origin, and that he didn't like get organic webs; he made the the web shooters himself. I, I think the the biggest reason. And Gwen Stacy. Like I like I gotta say this. <sighs> I did a rewatch of like Spider-Man one and like. I'm sorry, M- like Kristen Dunst's character just I ruined it for entry. me. If literally, if if he was not in it, I probably would like it a lot more. Because those movies are really good. Dude, they... you should make an edit. Here's your next edit. Just edit the entire movie, but get rid of MJ. Like, imagine if they'd done Spider-Man 1, but with Gwen Stacy played by Bryce Dallas Howard. She was great as the brief time she was Gwen Stacy. Like, I and I, I gotta say for the amazing films... The chemistry between Emma Stone oh, and Andrew Garfield, off like the chart. that, that just takes it to a whole. Like that is my favorite relationship dynamic in a Spider-Man movie. That's it. Like I will say this, um, Tom Holland and Zendaya's chemistry and their relationship—it's adorably awkward. Like, yeah, it, 
it's teenage awkward, but I, I just love Gwen, um, Garfield and Emma Stone. That that my is my favorite like, scene is uh, the closet one. Like, oh, I'm sorry, we didn't go to Taj Mahal closet. It's like, <laughs> oh, I just I, I love that scene when Uncle Ben picks Peter up at, at school. He goes, he has a picture of you on his computer. <laughs> oh, uh, probably my other favorite scene is around the rooftop, and he's trying to tell her he's Spider-Man. She walks away. He, he just like, webs her. And like, she, like her skirt does like that perfect thing, and like she's there start kissing. The mother is like, um, "Your dad wants you downstairs." Yeah, yeah, but she I, gets exactly. it. She gets it. But I because there's only one explanation after that. But but um, that's why again, that's why for, for uh, I'll always have a nostalgic place for and for to, for Toby's Spider Man because I, I I got really into that when that movie came out. Uh, and I remember watching it in theaters. As a matter of fact, that's how old I am. But um, I mean, I was yeah. old enough to go see it in theaters. I, so. I gotta tell you, in ter- once I actually got, once I was actually able to like see beyond. Oh, it's Spider Man! I like the Andrew movies more. Like I actually feel like, uh, like it's it's really the problem with those movies. It's just Kristen Dunst because everything else is great. Everything else like, is great, even like, three. Per, it's so like part three. Like uh, James Franco is a great Harry Osborn, and their friendship actually works really well. And the villains of the Raimi films are like that's actually except one of the for reasons. Venom. Yeah, but they tried. They tried. Like, like that's why I actually really have a soft spot for Vulture because. They played him like a Raimi villain. Like I liked how his motivations were completely understandable. Like he was just like a scrapper person. Like he didn't want to kill Peter. He just mm-hmm. wanted to get him out of the way. You know, like I actually really like like yes, Vault. I mean, obviously, I realize that you know Vulture's played by Batman and whatnot. But like, reportedly, he, he even said on uh, 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 on the set, "I'm Batman." <laughs> I mean, it's true. Also, uh, I don't know if you noticed, but there is a Batman reference where. When uh, the vulture he flies le- up in his wings and it's like as a bat, kind of. No, no, no. What it is is uh, w- when he first picks up Peter, Peter says, "Let him go," and he does. Uh, you see a shot of Peter looking up at the vulture, and he actually can actually see the vulture silhouetted against the moon, Batman mm-hmm. style. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. But also, I'm sorry, Flash. You just aren't fast enough. Like, <laughs> I can't believe they did that. Yeah, I know. But to that point. And look at this way. There are people that, for some reason, like Justice League the best, and I'm like, more power to you. I may heavily disagree with you on that one. That's very subjective, but more power. It, it just comes into personal preference. Respect my personal preference. I'll respect your personal preference. That's totally fine. That's yeah. how Nick and I can have these disagreements. As long as you respect my personal preference for for ships, I'll respect your insane, insanely flawed ship. Likewise, uh, <laughs> I had but, to. That, that to be clear, we're not like that crazy for either ship. It's just that we do this because it's a funny bit on the show. The only ship that I I'm actually passionate for is Nightfire, and the only ship that I'm really passionate for is Nightwing and Batgirl. You shut your whore mouth. <laughs> I need to get more clips of Nightwing. Maybe. Okay, no, no. In all seriousness, do you have a ship that you actually are? Superman and Wonder Woman. But I'm just saying, I'm not. I, I, see, here's the thing. I play off the whole Wonder Bat thing just as a joke. It's like I really don't care. I mean, obviously, I don't like it, but I'm not like uh, I'm not going to throw a TV. Yeah, and and 
just being serious for a moment. As far as my opinions about Wonder Bat, like, yeah, it's cool. Like, I'm not like, eh, uh, you know. Um, if I'm gonna be too, if, like, um, if, if to be to, and I'm what I'm about to say, Jared, you're gonna clip this, and you're gonna throw this at me when at any time. So this may be a ready. this may be a short, depending on how what it is. What is it? Super Wonder makes more sense than Wonder Bat. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm putting that in there. That's I, of... I, I regret. I'm regretting that already. <laughs> you no, I'm getting you. I'm getting you back for clipping the out of context. Me defending the the I Justice mean, League. Touche, like, thought... touche. <laughs> that was so good. I mean, because you know what's kind of funny. I, I knew thought, exactly what was going to happen. I figured I did anyway. you were going to go to that. So I literally, as you were said, as you said, Jared, you're going to clip this. I scrolled immediately down to that 300 clip. At least I gave like, the, sorry, that, that was perfectly tied. That was perfectly tied. As soon as you said, Super Wonder makes more sense. Duh. That was so good. In my defense, I'm kind of high right now. <laughs> yeah, of course. But uh, <laughs> and that, is doing... the, that is the defense I'm going to use, by the way. Uh, but but l luckily, I'm just going to play up until the ending of the cheering clip. So no one's going to hear this. But when you comment on it, I will. I will. I, of I course. Will like when I commented and said, I love the concept of April Fool's Day. But all right. <laughs> but the point is, and by the way, I'm going to send. Uh, as soon as I clip this, I'm saying that's Jay Heat. I'm going to say, ha ha, he's converted to my side. But anyway. I'm not. I'm, I, I'm just, I was just being gracious. <laughs> but yeah, sure you were. Sure you were. Like this. No pulse. That's besides the point. But I love that clip. But anyway, I'm the, uh, I I think it's a good place to like to wrap it up. And ultimately, just like what you like and respect people if they disagree with you, that is one hundred percent fine. Again, and that here's a good example of that. My friendship with Nerdat. Because you know she hates Snyder. Well, she dislikes Snyder's movies, and we can still uh, she, uh, we still have great conversations about stuff. Because she recognizes that first off, these are fictional characters, and ultimately, it doesn't pay to be so like obsessed with the stuff. And then it's not easy being cheesy. And then ultimately, it's like that shouldn't affect a friendship. It's just a matter of if you're mature enough to say, okay, Nick likes my, a different Batman than I do. Granted, it's my second favorite Batman, so that's a little bit easier of a of a uh, of a clip there. But it, it's like, ultimately, it's like I'm mature enough to say that that uh, because here's the thing. Actually, before we log off, here's why I think they get so de uh, defensive if you, if you don't like something they like because it makes them feel. And I get this, this 100% like justified. They think that there's something wrong with them if they like if they like something that other people don't like. Because you had, uh, um, I think it stems from that time period where you could be be bullied from walking around in a Batman shirt. Yeah, but that's ultimately why I always say just just like what you like. It's totally fine. Totally, I may not like it, but hey, 
that that in no way invalidates your preferences as a as a comic book fan. So on that note, so watch Nick's stream. I'll share it out as soon as I can, as soon as probably we get off of this. And watch if you want to see a more in-depth like discussion about my or about our origins as content creators. Uh I, at the time that that, that that this is going out on Saturday, it will already have happened. But go watch Nick's Friday Night Frenzy stream. I'll I'll, I'll I'll share them both out so you'll be able to find them. But besides that, and by the way, be on the lookout May 5th when a certain content creator comes on here to launch a certain comic project that actually is pretty badass. Nick, do you want to tell us about it? Yes, yeah, so Turn Samurai uh, number three is uh coming out soon it's a bit of a a bit of a uh i'd say homecoming you know it's like literally full a full speaking of zack snyder full circle moments <laughs> yes uh definitely we'll be launching that live may 5th so yeah it'll be a fun little party and remember tonight and by tonight i mean saturday night we're talking about justice league versus teen titans and at that movie night, we will be giving more of a hint on our plans for next week at a certain event. And it's going to be really fun. We managed to coordinate a lot of stuff. You'll see lots of uh, surprise guests on a lot of our of our streams. So on that note, everyone, stay heroic. And we will see you tonight at movie night. All right, stay heroic, everyone. Bye-bye. <laughs>